What's up, everyone? It's Kirby Porter, and welcome to another episode of Court to Corporate. We're sitting down with athletes, discussing their personal playbooks, and diving deeper into how it's translated to success and lessons outside the game and in the business world. Hey guys, today in the guest chair we have Ghazi Musa. Ghazi is a senior at Harvard and captain of the track and field team. After this completion of her final season, she'll be returning to New York City to join L'Oreal full-time in their marketing consumer product development program, where she interned last summer. Almost a year into her tenure, we get some insight into her mindset, both in how she's navigated the new dynamics of captainship but also how she's bouncing these lessons learned as a new chapter quickly approaches. And true to the creative she is at heart, today she'll share some more about how she brought together her background in sociology and digital marketing to land the dream job she never knew she needed. We start things off by talking about her recent Ivy League championship. So I'm gonna jump into it and toot your own horn. Is that how you say it? I don't know. I don't care. I'm gonna I'm gonna brag on you for a second because I think you left out the most important part that you just won an Ivy League championship, but that's okay because um, we're gonna talk about it right now. And I want to talk about it because I think this one is really special for you. Kind of stealing your Instagram caption here, but runner-up freshman year, runner-up sophomore year, last place your junior year with the caveat that you were facing a lot of injuries to first place your senior year to top it off. Um, and that's a textbook example of a comeback season, if I have ever seen one. <laughs> but from your own words, um, just tell us about last year. And then second, tell us about like that moment, person, or time where you made the switch to stay the course and stay committed to your overall goals. Because I think as athletes going through injuries, um, being sensitive that it varies person to person... Yeah we all have that moment where we're, we're like, okay, this is the situation that is dealt, but I'm going to stay the course and stay committed to what I want to go- accomplish for myself and my team. So what was that for you? So especially last year was really hard because I had a hip injury um, and a hip impingement that kind of helped, uh, that didn't help me to be able to compete. And I um, ended up just not having a great season. It, like, my hip was always hurting. My hamstring was always giving me trouble. And it's hard to run fast when you're injured. I can imagine. <laughs> and that was probably the hardest thing, just, like, knowing how well I did my freshman and sophomore year. And those years weren't easy in themselves. Like, sophomore year, I was dealing with a lot of iron issues and, like, not running fast and, like, lost a lot of confidence in, like, my abilities and, like, my talent. Um and so I was coming back from that in junior year. I was like, junior year is going to be the best year. I'm going to start it off right. Like, I'm going to get back on track. Like, we're going to get everything sorted, and I'm going to run fast. And then having an injury kind of just really derailed me in that way. And it, I lost a lot of confidence in who I was and who I was as a track athlete. And it was at the end of last year when we had just competed, competed in the Ivy League Championship Outdoor, and I'd gotten sixth place on um, in the 100, which I was used to getting – back-to-back runner-up and it was one of those moments where I was like you honestly never know what's gonna happen to you and like you can't take moments for granted and that was like the biggest thing I learned last year like don't take 
my career, don't take my sport for granted because you could be on top one minute and you could be in last place the next minute. And coming back from that and learning from like everything that year, especially after I'd had a crazy season and just like not wasn't running the way I wanted to, just being able to see that my teammates saw that even though I was injured, I was still able to support them and I was still able to be a leader on the team really encouraged me because getting captain, I was just like, wow, like I actually can make a difference on this team. Like no matter what place I'm in, no matter like how I'm running or like how I'm competing, like I can still make a difference and I can still inspire and encourage people. And that was the biggest thing for me. And I think that really helped spur me into this next season, my senior season and realizing that like, this is my last time to run 60 meter dash. This is my last time to run a hundred meter dash. Like, Every single time I've, like, stepped up on the line, I've thought of that. Like, this is one of, like, this is closing the end of my career. Like, giving it my all and, like, just running with such expectancy and, like, running with just no fear, I think, has been my biggest thing. Just being able to, like, open up in that way, but also just, like, take it all head on. And I think that's what my coach and I really talked about because it was, like, a couple weeks into the season where I was just kind of, my head wasn't in the right place, like, I was just kind of going through the motions, and we talked about how, like, this is my last season, like, I need to get my shit together, (laughs) like, I need to, like, really, like, if I want this to be what I want it to be in my career to end on the way I want it to end, like, I need to work hard, I need to get my shit together, I need to, like, be excited and expectant for what the season's gonna look like, even though my, like, my trajectory in this last seasons haven't been where I've wanted it to be. Like, I still have to give it my all because you don't know. You honestly don't know. You don't know. And I think that's such a great segue into the second question. And it's really just a testament to your ability to be the most effective leader that you can. You have to bridge that off-court impact. Sorry, I say court and you're you're on the track team. I'm so biased here. You have to bridge the offline with the online right you have to be able to equally inspire your teammates when when you're not playing a game yeah when things are happening um outside of the track and I think you know for you you didn't have the numbers you wanted your junior year you were still nominated captain and I think last spring was a special time for both of us because as one cycle was closing for me a door was closing I just ended my season a new door was opening for you. And I think Mm -hmm. that was a great time for us and our friendship to really just have those conversations. And we've had a lot of talks about what it means to be a captain, what it means to navigate new dynamics, new responsibility, and new confidence. And I I do want to clarify that when I say new confidence, um, I think there's this misconception that when you you become a captain, it's not like, oh, I'm the captain. I got the title. It's me. Like, I'm I'm that girl. Like, no, it's actually – you have to – like re-identify your confidence and you have to rebase yourself and know the why behind why you were nominated and trust in that to navigate how you lead your teammates every day and that's actually really hard it's not (laughs) it's not easy like being a captain is is very um challenging to just um become more in touch with that and be confident in that truth and so sorry that's that's really to say that there's two things here when that when that switch happens and it's the external dynamics, as I was just mentioning to you before this. And so that's maintaining trust and being a player's captain and the internal dynamics as a senior and navigating this concept of time. So let's stop with the external, because I think you can have as many talks, ask as many questions, get get a blueprint of the things to say and things to abide by. 
but then the season comes and yeah. it's not I'm gonna show up I'm gonna say xyz and we're gonna practice and it's gonna be great like <laughs> no, no. Yeah. um so I mean for you what has been the least expected um in almost a year of being a captain and you've had your highs um but give us give us one low that was your hardest so far I think my one low that was the hardest so far this year is um after I had run so I'd had a pretty good like I'd been running pretty well up until a meet a couple weeks ago at Clemson and it like didn't I just wasn't mentally prepared I wasn't mentally there and I ended up not making the finals um in that meet and um one of my teammates made the finals and went through and I was just not in a great place because I was upset I was like why am I like why haven't I made the finals like this is dumb like was just really frustrated and in that moment I was very selfish and was thinking only about me and wasn't thinking about my teammates and like how my teammate made the finals how my teammate PR like had a huge PR Mm -hmm. and in that moment and in that like time I, I just didn't even say anything like I wasn't my encouraging me and that's not like me whatsoever mm-hmm. and so I had to check myself and I my coach had to check me because like as a captain you're supposed to be encouraging you're supposed to be lifting people like no matter your like circumstance or what's happening in your like zone or your realm like yep. you still have to be outward looking and like think about your teammates and think about how you can help them get to where they need to be and I was able to just take that moment as humble pie because I'm like yeah, I could have been running for four years and, like, still, like, even though I didn't make the final, like, I still have to be encouraging and be in a position where I can lead from a place of not being where I want to be. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that really ties to this internal piece, which I think is heightened by, I mean, so when we say internal and we're talking about being a senior captain and being a senior in general, like, this applies to every senior athlete there is in navigating the concept of time, I think even even more so as a captain, like this is an emotional investment like no no other. Yeah. As you just mentioned, it's heightened ownership as you should feel, but also heightened awareness. And like for me, I remember it being mid February of my senior season, and just going through my calendar as I always do because I <laughs> I map out everything. Um, I clicked three weeks and I didn't see like a practice or a game on my schedule, and I was like, oh okay like there's like three weeks of basketball left like I can count the amount of like ivy trips that we have left on my fingers and that was like I think it happens at a different point for everyone but I mean I I think the the question is that even though you're dealing with this like concept of not trying to get too far ahead of yourself um it's happening at a time that is most crucial to the season because that last stretch like you're leading up to the Ivy League tournament. You're leading up to your championships. Yeah. And so you have to, yeah. And, and so there's there's a lot happening in short. And so how are you navigating that? And how are you making sure that you're staying present for your teammates in the time that they need you the most? Yeah, I think that's something that I'm still even trying and learning how to navigate every single day. Because you have a time where you're, you're so excited and expectant for your next season but you need to stay present in your current season because right when my season ends, I have a couple months off and then I start work in the real world. And I think the biggest thing that I'm learning to do and like trying to take in is just like being present with my teammates now on the track and off the track Mm -hmm. because you're never going to get the connection. Like I will get a connection with team, like working as a team in the corporate world and working as a team at L'Oreal, but like the team as in like, 
on the track, like, practicing together, like, working out together, going to competition together, like, supporting each other in that way. That's such a special thing that as an athlete you get to receive and Mm -hmm. indulge in and just, like, be a part of that, like, it's so bittersweet. Um, But, like, I just have had learned and, like, started to think about, like, just being present with my team and, like, making sure that, like, I'm taking time to hang out with them outside of practice and, like, like, just continuing to build and foster those friendships and relationships because that's such an that's a search such an important part about track even though it's individual yeah like our ivy league championship is a team oriented team counted like everyone's points matter and just being able to be there for my teammates in that way i think is super important to me absolutely quick transition here but for those of you that are not following Gazi on the gram, she has the most fire page, and that's that. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, but on a more serious note, what I've always admired about you from like our walks to the gym, the like 1,000 sociology classes we took <laughs> together, your blog, being student athletes, CMOs together, you're creative at heart. You have that keen mindset and eye, and I think there's always people that are in the workplace or in the classroom that, you know those people at the table that just like say something, you're like, you're like, like, how did they even think about that? Like, where is that thought coming from? And you're one of those. Um, yeah, don't, don't, don't get too happy there. <laughs> but I do want to start this conversation with talking about you deciding to concentrate in sociology. I mean, so outside of the fact that we got to take a lot of classes together, that which I loved, do you feel like concentrating in sociology fulfilled your creative itch, or did it fuel it? And then. Um, I think, actually, I think the question is, you know, which one came first and did sociology contribute to it along the way? I would say that uh, sociology sparked and fueled my creative itch in a way because I feel like, well, first of all, freshman year, I thought I was going to be concentrating in economics. Did that for two weeks and was like, no, not about, not, but not about it, not me. So I decided to take sociology classes and I realized just through sociology, like I loved learning about people and learning about how people interacted with different people, other people, but also different things like platforms and even taking a social media course, like how people interact on social media. And I think sociology allowed me to look at my creativity in the sense of like social media and things that I was interested in in a whole different light in comparison to like how people view this like even when we talk about Instagram like looking at how people view Instagram and Mm -hmm. view you and your personal brand on Instagram that was all I was able to explore that more through sociology and I think that's like sociology really helped to fuel and spark and like deepen my interest in creative things I just I'm so biased that I love to hear that (laughs) I mean because you I I think even now like I get the question all the time when I like when I someone still asks me for some reason like what I studied in in college and I say sociology and they're like what yeah like what do you mean what (laughs) I mean well I mean it's not top of mind obviously like it's liberal arts like we don't have a marketing major we don't have like you know those very technical tactical things and I agree with you like sociology was nearest and dearest to like what I was passionate about and I feel like it only contributed to you know what we've been able to pursue in marketing exactly Um, so love everything you just said there (laughs) I mean so with that knowing knowing that mindset correct me if I'm wrong but your first internship was in digital marketing yes how before you did that internship 
how did you add weight to this passion point or you know bring it down to a tactical level you know you're in your freshman year you're acknowledging how your mind works what makes you tick how sociology adds to that what was your first step in identifying like oh this is how i can or this is how i need to apply this to a work setting so i think it all came because i talked a lot in even interviewing for my first digital marketing um, position about um, my Instagram and how sociology kind of applied to my Instagram. Like, surprisingly, I talked about my Instagram in an interview, which most people wouldn't think to do, but it worked <laughs> for me. Um, I just talked about how, like, looking at, like, you market yourself and you brand yourself on Instagram. Like, everyone does that. And you can apply sociology in that respect in the sense that, like, you are trying to show people your best self you're trying to show people who you are Mm -hmm. and the things you pick and choose to post but also the way in which you um like format your profile or just the little things create this platform and personal brand for yourself Mm -hmm. and within digital marketing when you look at companies like in how they present themselves on social media platforms like it is very important because that's where their audience is looking to and if they have influencers or social media influencers that are looking at their platform are really um, encouraged by their brand they're going to be telling their friends through their social media platforms and so it's this connection and this gatekeeper aspect where they become the gatekeepers for other people for or for influencers and influencers become the gatekeepers for other people Mm -hmm. to really interact with these brands and those are all things that i learned through sociology like Mm -hmm. the idea Mm -hmm. that like you could be a gatekeeper and that every brand like Brands nowadays are using social media influencers as gatekeepers in order to get their brand to be authentically to authentically come across to the brighter uh, to the wider population. So that was those just little things of deeper deeper like looking at like things like social media, things like marketing and like how companies advertise. Like all those deeper looking things have come through so so through sociology and like looking at a deeper look at like how people actually interact with these platforms and things right right right, absolutely and I think that's just like a testament to the numerous amount of digital marketing internships or uh, like one-offs that you've had since that first one I mean so tell us more about you know how you took what was somewhat of a niche space for you and then apply that to pursue an internship in CPG with L'Oreal so I Originally was looking more into like tech, Mm -hmm. thinking that I wanted to do more tech. And when the um, opportunity arose to work at L'Oreal, I was like, beauty, like, okay, like I like beauty, I like makeup, I like nail polish, like I like all these different things. But through that, I learned through my internship, especially, I learned that L'Oreal is so much more than just beauty. Yes. And there's so many things that they work with, so many other groups and companies that they work with in order to show that that it was like opened my eyes to like just how much more I could do within the company and how much I could grow within the company and what was the question (laughs) (laughs) I'm not cutting that that was hilarious (laughs) how did you apply your your knowledge in digital marketing (laughs) to find an internship in CPG at L'Oreal I'm not cutting that that was was the most gauzy thing I've ever heard so how I applied digital marketing to um, working at L'Oreal and like through the internship is I didn't necessarily actually apply digital marketing in itself because I was working more on the U.S. side of things and like looking at analytics and things like that but I was able to talk a lot about through my interview process I was able to talk a lot about like 
working with digital marketing and how important it is for brands to um, have a brand and like how and develop their brand and like use their brand to reach other people Mm -hmm. and I talked a lot about that through um, just like through my um, interview process and even I guess even you could say through digital marketing I was able to talk to um, like work with the brand that I was working with and like look at their Instagram and look at their personal page and be like okay, well, this is where I think we're missing. Like, we're missing diversity or missing... Like, diversity diversity was a huge thing that I saw um, that was missing in the particular brand. And I was able to bring that to light with... In working with my um, colleagues and just talk about how I think it'd be important to add diversity in this aspect on the Instagram or add diversity in this aspect Mm -hmm. with the social media platforms in order to reach more people. And so I feel like that's very much so where the digital marketing aspect came in. Just being able to think outside the box of like just personal, like personal marketing, brand marketing, but also like what I was working with wasn't necessarily digital. I was working with social media. I was working more with just like advertisements or like different clientele, like marketing but like looking at their social media and be like okay we can continue to develop and grow in this way right no absolutely that totally makes sense and I think I mean just just backing up before you got to the internship I think there's there's two processes when when you're an undergrad I think the first is like knowing the experiences that you've had taking inventory of that and knowing what critical experiences you've gained and where, where, where value can be added next. The second thing is, you know, not that it falls into your lab, but you have your eyes open to this whole new world of opportunity that aligns with what you're passionate about. And, I mean, just from hearing you say that just now, it sounds like L'Oreal was a combination of both. Yeah. Like, it, it added value to your digital marketing experiences, and, you know, you were, you were thinking about tech, and then it came to you, and you are like, oh, wait, like, this is where I'm able to apply, like, my my creative mindset my knowledge in sociology and my passion for beauty and cosmetics all in one yeah um i mean correct me if i'm wrong but that it sounds like it was like a bit of a combination of those two right yeah yeah no that's great i mean so the l'oreal internship it's at the center of your passion points product marketing digital marketing business management so many buzzwords Mm -hmm. um but that's just to, to generalize and provide a sense so i mean tell us more specifically if you can um about the internship itself what were you working on so uh with the internship itself i was working on creating uh launching a new product and what that was going to look like and what in the space at which it was going to look like so taking a product um taking doing the 360 activation plan for the product and looking at like okay if we're going to launch this product who is the competition what, how are we going to be working with the competition? Where do we see the competition is failing? And how can we meet that need gap? And so looking at that, but then also looking at, okay, we're, we've decided to launch. What exactly is this going to look like in store? What is this going to look like in terms of social and PR? What is this going to look like digitally? Like, how are we going to launch this product? Um, so that was like my big summer project there. And then a lot of it also was just working with um, creating things, like in terms of like working with clientele outside of that, like our... Um, big companies that big um, brands that we work with like Target and different things like Walgreens, CVS, yeah. um, but also just coming to the table with creative ideas when we did brainstorm sessions and really be, being able to back up that those creative ideas with um, analytics and data and things like that. Right. And 
I mean, to, to like bring this back to your student athlete experience, like you brought this entire buildup of like digital marketing experience, applying that to L'Oreal, back to add value to your team as a student athlete CMO. And so when we did it together last year, that was the first year of the program. I mean, so first, how about you just explain what a student athlete CMO is? Yeah. And then actually, I just want to hear what, what have you done differently this year from last year? And I guess the last part of this is where do you, where do you see room for growth for Harvard Marketing Athletics? Because I think there's something in there about how female athletics are marketing at large. But let's start with like what the student-athlete CMO program is for Harvard. Yeah, so the student-athlete CMO program started last year when we both joined. And it's essentially a program where the marketing de- department tries to connect um, one student-athlete from each team with them in mm-hmm. order to get more of a feel for what the teams want in terms of marketing, how they want to be marketed, and how they should really be connecting and marketing their team specifically. And so they pick one student-athlete from each team and essentially, you talk, you go to meetings and talk a lot about like how could we increase um, student engagement? How could we be able to get more students to people's games, to people's meets? And you have one featured game um, that's sponsored by the athletic department, and they give they do a giveaway. You do videos for it, and you kind of that's like your baby. That's that's your kind of marketing project in a way where you're able internship project yeah it's literally your internship project (laughs) where you're able to show case like okay this is what i want to do this is how i want to do it this is like the kind of instagram story you want to take away Mm. this is the kind of prize we want to give away like this is how i want to market this in order to get more student athletes um to that game to that meet okay so i think so before you did it so last year that was pre-l'oreal yeah into L'Oreal doing 360 launch program, bringing product from concept to in market to life in theory. Um, do you think, I mean, obviously this is at a smaller scale you're focusing. I mean, there's more elements to the CMO program, but like focusing on one project, like this, what is it? Game of the week? Uh, future future game? game. Sorry, yeah. I, sh- I should probably know that. <laughs> uh, like what? Um, you know, this future game is can be viewed as like your internship project. Do you think you were able to do anything differently from the prior year? You know, given, I, I think when you go through an internship program like L'Oreal, where they, they really give you ownership, yeah. you get so much exposure to all that goes into it. Because I yeah. think before you have a very singular linear view of what marketing is and all that it encompasses, do you think you were able to add more value to how your your future game came to life? Yeah, I think 100% because one of the things that I, we, I even thought about two weeks before prior to our Ivy League championship was how can we market this to get more people at at this competition like there's already going to be a lot of people there but I want more students to be excited about this because it only happens one time in four years every four years Mm -hmm. so in your Harvard career you could only come once um so one of the ideas I came that came across is using digital marketing especially and working with the communications department to create a video that would kind of hype people up perhaps and hype them up for like this competition that they didn't really know about so um I worked with the communications department in order to get our communications um, director specifically to come in and take video of um, like some athletes competing mm-hmm. and to create a video and hype around HEPs. And I think that's something that I would have never really thought about using my resources and using the time that I had to do in order to like make the connections to do that if I hadn't like done that with L'Oreal and I hadn't done that with L'Oreal and like yeah. made a video there. Um, so that was one big thing that I think enabled 
us to get hype perhaps and like enabled other people to see like oh this is a big competition like what is this people are posting about it like let's like just rally against let's rally together with that and be able to get more people at the game I think that was a big thing and that's so important because I think especially like let's keep it real here like we're Harvard Athletics like it's it's not the main focus as it is at a huge school. And yeah. we, all, we all know that coming in, but that doesn't affect the amount of pride that we have, obviously. Yeah. And it doesn't affect how, how passionate we are about communicating that to the larger community at school. And I, you know, I think on the other side of that is that you just, like if you're not an athlete, you just don't know what you don't know. Like they don't know about hubs. Like yeah. I, you know, I think when I think about through a basketball lens, like before we had the Ivy League tournament, people didn't know that those 14 games when we started Ivy play, every single one mattered. Yeah, every yeah. single one was like a championship game because we didn't have the play in to win. Um, and I think being more tactical about how you communicate that can go so much further than you think. Yeah. And it, it'll just make people more excited for next year. And speaking of, I, I do want to go down this path really quickly of marketing female athletics at the sports analytics conference this past weekend sue bird was on um the sports myth busting panel and the guys that were running it in short asked her like why don't people care about female sports and she said something that really hit and was just so it's so simple but it made so much sense she said um this is how i interpret it this is not word for word but when you're comparing men's and women's sports, it's apples and oranges. Mm. You can't compare the level of interest when the level of investment is nowhere near the same. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And through my mind, I think a lot of that has to do with how it is communicated and where it is communicated. Yeah. So for you, if you could change one thing, and just this is not even in relation to Harvard athletics, like at large, if you to track women's track, if mm-hmm. you could pick one thing about women's track and how it's communicated, what would you change? Well, this is the thing. I feel like track in itself is a little different when it comes to um, like single gender sports because when you're a professional athlete at the in track, especially like everyone kind of uh, forges their own path, mm-hmm. and I think for females especially, like the playing field is. Uh, more even than it is in other sports and I think Mm. but one thing I think I would change in terms of that is mm, I don't know mm. or like what would you do to drive more awareness to it I think in order to drive more awareness to female athletes especially female track athletes I think there's something to be said about women empowering women and I think like in some respect I would hope that we could create or there could be a creation of um especially female track athletes like coming together and creating like I don't know an organization or something that really helps to bring awareness to the fact that even though the playing field is on some respects more even than other sports there's still something beside that women's sports especially women's track athletes and women's athletes in general are behind in some in lots of respects than male than male athletes and you see athletes like my teammate gabby thomas or a friend Enrique Gamboa. these are two athletes that are 22 years old that are doing great things with their their abilities and 
I think they honestly have done a good job of bringing awareness to that through using social media, mm-hmm. through using different platforms in order to brand themselves and show that female athletes is not female athletics is not just a thing. Like it's right. a thing. Like we're actually doing things and they're actually making moves. And I think just bringing more awareness to that and like athletes banding together, female athletes especially banding together to be able to create that and do those things, I think is really important. And even like just watching the Just Do It commercial um, that Nike just oh came out gosh. with. Literally, I was... I think I cried. Yeah, I cried. I <laughs> had shivers yep. because I was like, it's so true. Like everything we do is quote unquote crazy or, mm-hmm. but like it's crazy. So we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Like just that aspect of it, like is important just to remember and just to band together and appreciate that like we're making moves in those directions. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter if you're a high school athlete, if you're a D1 athlete, if you're a professional athlete, like we're all making moves in order to be able to reckon for people to recognize that female athletes are doing things that right. we are accomplishing things that no one has ever accomplished before and we are no joke like you shouldn't like don't second guess female athletes mic drop <laughs> this interview is over <laughs> <laughs> that part wow um okay so to close out you're going back to l'oreal and it's a beautiful thing you do an internship that leads to full-time takes a lot of stress off of uh senior year yeah. but bringing back in this concept of time Two of your paths are are converging as a spring student athlete whose whose season can go into until June. Um, I had some space. I our season ended mid March, and I hit the ground running in mid July. So I had a few months. I really enjoyed senior spring, <laughs> and I got back to it. Um, but I mean, tell me what what is. What is your mindset since your time frame is a little bit different yeah. and you could literally hop from off the track field into your into your suit and yeah. onto orientation? Um, what is your mindset leading up to this point? How are you preparing for the finale of your career and how are you preparing for the beginning of your next chapter? Is there any overlap between the two? Yeah, I think there definitely is a lot of overlap between the two because in both spaces there's expectancy and there's a hope and belief that the best is yet to come in that aspect because as like you don't know what's going to happen at the end of the season like our relay team could go to nationals like uh I could go to regionals in the 100 like that would take my season a little bit longer but also expectant and excited for what is to come when you're thinking about starting a new career living in a new place like there's so many things to be excited for but it's also I think for me, just taking every day, one day at a time is important because I'm a planner and I love to look at like, okay, what's going to happen here? How is this going to work? How is this going to work? But like just living in this present moment, I think has been something that's been so important to me. And I think, I think a lot of times it's hard because when you're a student athlete, that's a spring athlete sport and you're also a senior and everyone's on that senior spring energy, like having to balance that and be like, okay, I'm going to live in the moment and hang out with friends here and do this. But I also have to keep in my mind, like, I have a season that I am trying to get ready for and be excited about and, like, do well in. This is my last time to be able to do this sport and do this well. And so, like, balancing those two often, like, in this even spring season, I think has been hard for me in some respects. But I think I'm learning more that, like, it's okay to, like, 
like go out a little bit more here or like not get enough sleep here but like you do need to get sleep in some aspect here like just like trying to create more balance of that and realizing like that it's a push and a pull but also there needs to be a balance and to do both there has to be a balance Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Court to Corporate. Make sure to follow us on the gram in the meantime. That's at Court to Corporate with the number two in the middle. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you'd like to hear, who you'd like to hear from, and check back in next time.